Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Okay, so I'm talking to someone I know for the years, Wolfgang Puck. So tell me, in the beginning, in the early days, why become a chef? You're so smart. You know so many things. Why a chef? You know, my mother was a chef also, and I got, I thought that inspired me probably, but I wasn't good enough to go to a school or we didn't have enough money to go to a school after 14. And my stepfather was really a terrible stepfather. You know, he always told me I was good for nothing. So when I was 14, I left the house, started an apprenticeship in uh, a small town in Austria. And then I moved to France when I was 17. And there at a restaurant called Beaumaniere, I found my mentor, really. That changed my life. And I spent seven years altogether in France and then moved to New York. And I wasn't so sure about New York, but somebody offered me a job in Indianapolis. And I'm a big race car fan. And I said, I'm going to Indianapolis. So I took the Greyhound bus, went to Indianapolis. (laughs) And uh, I said, oh, my God, that's Indianapolis. You know, I was imagining something like Monaco, Monte Carlo, because I used to live there and work at L'Hotel de Paris. And I said, that's Indianapolis. Where is the, the, the race? They took me out to the speedway, and I said, oh, my God, this is like a thing. But I had to stay there. I had no money to leave because uh, I spent the last $100 for it to travel from uh, New York to uh, uh, Indianapolis with the bus. So who the hell goes? Who the hell goes to Indianapolis? I mean, even people well, who live there, who goes there? I, you know, the good thing was nobody immigrates to Indiana or Indianapolis. <laughs> so I got my green card really easy and really fast. There was nobody at the immigration. I was the only person there. So it was good for something. And then I moved to LA after I got my green card. Worked at Mamezon for like five years, and then in 1982, in January, actually 40 years ago, I opened Spargo. Oh, we all know about Spago. It's super successful. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. screw up a meal or a dish ever? Oh, you know, each year when Thanksgiving comes, I remember one time uh, I made the turkey and I said, okay, I'm going to glaze it. So I used some pomegranate glaze or whatever to put it on. And I put the oven on boil instead of bake, you nice. know. Very and smart, then, yeah. Then all of a sudden, I said, oh, we are having cocktails, I think, already. I said, something smells really burnt in here. And (laughs) my former mother-in-law was making yams or something. So I said, oh, maybe she burned them. And then I go in the kitchen. That big smoke comes out of the oven. I open up. My turkeys were black like charcoal, you know. And I said, what do I going to (laughs) do? So I took them out, ripped off the skin of the turkey, and then I just did like nothing happened. So it's just the turkey had no skin. And then a few people who were at the dinner said, oh, Wolfgang, how did you smoke the turkey? It tastes delicious. It's smoky. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's very good. That's very good. Do you yourself eat three meals a day? Do you? 
No, my day is a meal. You know, I start in the morning, generally with the yogurt and a couple of double espresso. Then I go to the restaurant and I start eating and tasting. You know, I love sweets. So I go always to the pastry first and have some cookies. Or if I'm up at, uh, if I'm at the Bel Air Hotel, I have some croissant, some croissant au chocolat. And then uh, it continues a little salad, a little pasta. So I rarely sit down to have a meal uh, because I eat all day long. So I don't know how much I eat. So, Wolfgang, tell me about tipping. Are you for in favor of tipping or not, or just putting extra money on a waitress's salary? What, what do you feel? Well, I really like America in a way. It's great for a free enterprise. I think the waiters somehow, the ones I talk to, because they are the most... Uh, you know, they are in for that. So they think that tipping gives them an extra incentive to work harder, to come on time to the restaurant, and to be even nicer to the customers because they know they have to make the customer feel, feel good and make the customer happy because if not, their money will be reduced. You know, instead of getting uh, 20%, you might get 15% or even less. So I really think it's a good incentive. What about the difficulties today? We're having difficulty getting certain foods because of all the problems we're having with everything, with shipments. Are you having a difficulty getting certain foods? You know, we we can get foods now, except everything has gotten more expensive. Beef has gotten up 15 to 20 percent. I just looked yesterday a case of House of Romaine, which were like nothing five years ago, maybe $20. Now it's $100. So it's really crazy how much prices have gone up because of shipping and because of the minimum wage and because there are not enough workers really out there. And you know what I would suggest if I would be in politics? You know, we have all these immigrants coming from uh, South America, from Latin America, and they come here not having a profession. Why can't we get some professionals from Europe or from Asia to come here, give them a work visa, and then they are doing something positive for our economy? You know, I think it's so difficult to find employees. So I think we should check in a little bit with immigration and uh, get people visas so that way we can get enough workers because that's the hardest part right now is finding enough workers. I know about that. I also know having spent lots of time in California and been in your wonderful restaurant, Spago, but everybody there has an ego. So how do you deal with egos who gets the best table? Who sits where? <laughs> How do you do that? Because I know that that's like a dance. Tell me. Yeah. Well, I think luckily, you know, I know the people and I know what table they like. So when I call the restaurant, let's say even if I'm out of town, I'm in London or somewhere, and uh, I call Spago or I call Kat, I know Jeffrey Katzenberg and uh, and Elton John, they like the same table. So they sit on table 30, let's say, it's at cut. I know what they like. Or Irwin Winkler likes it on the side, and he gets table 33. So I think I know what they like. So now all of our managers who are with us for a while, uh, you know, they know the customers. So it's really now that I have somebody call me up and says, oh, Wolfgang, I didn't get my table. But in the old time, you know, people were so paranoid by it that they said, well, if I don't get my table, I cannot eat here. 
You know, it's did you crazy. ever have I don't like to use a bad word because they'll throw me off the air. But did you ever have a real pain in the ass because he didn't oh. get his table? Oh, my God. I had, you know, an old producer. He passed away. Marvin Worth. I don't know if you remember him. He did like Lenny and some of these old time yeah. movies, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, my. He, he was the crankiest guy. And he had a table, uh, only that table. And one day he comes in and he get, he didn't get his table. He walked out and says, I'm not eating here. And I had the table next to it. I don't know. Somebody made a mistake. The people were in the middle of dinner. So he walked out. Naturally, I'm all concerned. I said, Marvin, okay, I'm so sorry. They made a mistake. Can I invite you back? And then finally he came back and I told him, it's the manager. He knew the manager too. And then the manager tells him, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. It's all my fault. And Marvin looks at him and says, you're the most disgusting human being I ever met. <laughs> all about the damn table. I mean. <laughs> but I know, I know, I know that what that's like. I've seen it here in New York. We, we yeah. do. We get, you don't want to sit next to an air conditioner. You don't want, don't want to sit next to somebody who's more famous than you. I mean, we all get yeah. that. Or we have a favorite restaurant tour, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Tell yeah, me, what I, do you I feel? Yeah, I remember in the old time at Le Cirque, you know. And uh, Syria always put me on the front in the next, I remember sitting next to Ronald Perlman and this one and that one. They were all sitting on the first booth. And I was sitting there and I said, I actually don't want to sit here. I know them all and, uh, you know, I might rather sit in the back. So. <laughs> here in New York, we have the problem with outdoor restaurants. We sit them yeah. on the curb or where a bus stop is. You can get hit by a truck when you're sitting outdoors. What yeah. do you feel about the outdoor restaurants? You know, I'm so happy we moved uh, uh, back in. You know, I actually built a terrace at uh, Cut at the Four Seasons Hotel downtown. You know, we built this uh, with awnings and everything, and I shall put some booths out there. But, you know, eating at the sidewalk, seeing the bus go by and everything, it's not my cup of tea. So I'm so glad we can use the inside 100%. And our customer cuts are really happy that they don't have to sit outside. They're back inside where they can uh, enjoy themselves and not worry if somebody's going to come by and uh, yell at them or whatever. You know, it's so crazy because if you sit on the sidewalk, anybody can come by and, uh, you know, there are so many homeless people uh, and so many people who are, are crazy out there, so it's really difficult. Tell me the difference, and how, how does a restaurateur figure out? H half the people are, are vegetarian. Somebody wants only organic. Somebody else is on dietetic. Somebody else is only a vegetarian. They, are, they can be pains in the behind. How do you do all that? I don't know how that works. Okay, you know, we know we are ready for it. So if I have vegetarian, we always have great vegetarian dishes. Like, for example, at Cut, we make a Kung Pao. You know, Kung Pao is a Chinese preparation. But instead with, with chicken, we make it with cauliflower. And I almost like it better. And when these vegan or vegetarians eat it, they say, oh, my God, I never had something so taste so good because it has ginger, it has chilies, it has uh, 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 all the spices in it. And it's a little sweet, a little sour. So it's really, really delicious. So it's very easy. And that's Fargo here, too. It's easy. You know, I can make a vegetarian pizza, a vegan pizza. The pastas are always easy. 
So it's not a problem for us. We are almost always ready. And even with the soup, you know, we have soup without cream in it, without butter in it. So it's uh, it's really ready. I don't I don't worry. But it's a very small percentage. You know, it's not twenty uh, percent or thirty percent. It's maybe less than five percent. How many cookbooks did you write? Somebody gave me a Wolfgang Wolfgang Puck cookbook. I can't understand yeah. anything. So tell me. I can't make bread. I can't make water. So how many yeah. cookbooks do you, did you write? <laughs> you know, I love people like you because if they all would be cooking at home and then they wouldn't <laughs> come to the restaurant, we wouldn't be in business. So I love people who go out, who have parties in the restaurant. I go I all the way. I love restaurants. I love, I love restaurants. I, but you've, lead, you've I, done a lot of cookbooks. Yeah, yeah, I wrote seven cookbooks. I'm actually working on the eighth one now, more like a little, a, a history cookbook, uh, uh, you know, when I started to now and how food has changed in America, you know, dining has changed in America. So I'm working on that now. And I think I continue to do it because it really, I like a good challenge and do something new and a little bit different. But Restaurants are my real passion, and I think that's what uh, I really like, you know. So that's why we are expanding restaurants, still opening restaurants uh, overseas now more so. so. But we also are doing a new project with Frank Geary right here on the beach in Malibu, and uh, Frank Geary is going to design the building, and we're going to do the restaurant. So we are working with him as we speak for that. So I continue and continue. I don't think there will be an end to it. What about what about the Oscars? You you serve at uh, the Oscars sometimes at the governor's dinner. I mean, I've been there. Yeah. How yeah, does yeah. that work? How do you do that? How do you know how many people to do? Or doesn't the food get stale if you have to make it early? I don't understand how that works. Well, you know what? We have like an army. We have 300 chefs all together working, you know. And then I have 600 people in the dining room. So everybody gets served just like in a restaurant. You know, I would divide up station and put four chefs on it and they get uh, just doing, uh, let's say, vegan dishes. And then uh, uh, I remember Joachim Phoenix who came uh, in the kitchen and said, this is the best vegan food I ever had in my life. I remember Michael Caine when he used to come to dinner and then the next day he comes to Spargo for dinner and he said, Wolfgang, <laughs> can you make the same dinner as you made uh uh, at the Academy Awards for my family. So I said, yeah, yeah, I can. I, I will fix it for you. So that's really a great thing when people come and say, wow, the dinner was so delicious uh, and uh, I could eat it any day. Nobody would think it was made for 1,500 people. So we don't cook anything in advance, everything at the last minute. And I remember one time when we had it, I think the first year up at uh, Hollywood uh, and Highland there, you know where we do it now at the Dolby Theater, and the electricity went out, and I still had to cook, uh, I think, 500 steaks or something. We had a, a, a surf and turf, like roasted salmon and steak, and I cooked half of it, and all of a sudden, the electricity went out. And I was sweating, and the security was so tight, the engineer couldn't come up in the kitchen, and all was uh, all there was to it was a breakup, but nobody knew how to fix it until, like, for 15 minutes, it was up. Wolfgang, I love you. Will you be nice to me when I'm out in Hollywood at Spago? Will you get me a decent table? 
You're going to get always the best table because I Thank remember you. you from the old time. You used to come out for Swiss yes, yes, Lazarus, yes, uh, yes, Oscar yes, party yes, and everything. Yes, yeah. yes. So that's Th- when we first met. And Thank you. Uh, I read your I read your paper every every day. You know, I'm uh, I live in LA, but I get the New York Post all the time. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for coming okay. on. We love you, Wolfgang. And Thank you, honey. And next time, hopefully, if I come in New York, now that I have your number, you come and we have dinner downtown at Cut. I look forward we, to it, honey. I would a, love to. A, we make a Wiener Schnitzel or something like that. Somehow That's fine for me. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Uh, okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.